0: Welcome to Small Talk with Raincraft. I'm Subha, a leadership and executive coach. And I'm Hasita, a marketing strategist. We're just two people who love to talk and love to learn. And this is us
1: being curious about the world around us. Join us. So Subha, it's time for New Year, New Me. I think we are less than a month away from 2023. And in some ways, this has been our favorite time of the year. How do you think the book that we are planning to write is going to come along next year? Do you think, do you see a future for it?
0: I'm guessing that's why the two of us didn't go to Bangalore Lit Fest this year because we're going there next year with our book, right, As published authors, (laughs)
1: yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is a moment when we want to manifest it because I just wonder, you know, is there the time for it, first of all? And somehow we do this exercise every year wherein we talk about what we want for the year ahead and we talk about it in very articulated terms. It's not just a wishy-washy conversation. Uh, usually it brings up interesting things. And we've seen a lot of growth happen because of that. But this year for me, somehow it's been feeling a little uncomfortable and I'm feeling a little lost, uh, you know, and I and I just kind of wonder if I've done what I set out to do, uh, mm-hmm. if some amorphous goal that I'd set for myself, I saw myself as a very successful business person and that's come to pass. Why am I not feeling it? Mm-hmm. You know, and then it makes me question the process that, why bother? I mean, it's it's a year, it'll pan out the way it's meant to. What, what do you think about that?
0: No, I think quite timely because I've also been just kind of reflecting on the year and thinking about as we, like you said, end up doing goals for the coming year. And I feel like I want to do it a bit differently too. So let's deep dive, shall we? For oh, sure. You know, I think um, one thing I realized that the minute I thought of goals, I have a very... Uh, I have a very straightforward way of bucketing it, right? There is the personal life and there is the work life. And so Mm. the goals that I tend to write also just speak to very two specific aspects of everything that's going on around me. And maybe that's where the answer to your dilemma also lies, that the satisfaction of a good year uh, Mm. is not really jumping at you because... You're looking at two sets of goals, whereas you've accomplished so many other things.
1: Mm, I think you're right, because the minute you said it, my immediate reflex was, have I? So maybe it is true that uh, I haven't thought about it in those terms at all.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, one good useful tool that we can use when we sit down for the coming year is to expand that world in which we set our goals right? Mm -hmm. Um, The the tool that comes to mind is really the wheel of life. And simply because it makes you think about the various other parts of your life, which make you whole. So there's definitely your career and the finances associated with it. And actually, I would even call them out as two different things, right? There's career and what you do. And then there is your finances and your financial success, independence, comfort. There's family, home, there is, you know, friends and relationships there's your physical health there's mental health um there's spiritual and emotional health right there is what are you doing for enjoyment and leisure and just you know happiness so so many parts of us which we i feel we've been kind of excluding from the goal setting process what do you say
1: Hmm, i actually hadn't thought of it on those lines at all because like you said it was always okay i'm this person at work and then i'm this person outside of work Uh, And if something doesn't go very well in either of those contexts, then it's probably in fact, uh, last two, three months, there has been a period of, you know, just laying low, uh, taking it slow doing lesser than I did before. And it felt good at the time. But I think I see now where this discomfort is coming from. Because in that sense, I've done a disservice to the work goal, in the interest of the wellness goal, right? And because I had not seen it that way, there's that little bit of discomfort in terms of how I'm looking at it, perhaps.
0: Like, like even i look back at the year and i say okay work goals were x y z and i hit them and there were periods of lull or periods where i chose not to do something which you know we've talked about like you know took a back step on the whole content agency bit but those were also the same periods when i got to spend a lot more time with my daughters one who's going to uh, potentially leave the nest the next year yeah, yeah. that's been like wonderful time spent very meaningful yeah. high quality but because there's no goal or box to tick um, it doesn't seem to count Certainly.
1: yeah yeah oh but it does count right i mean in the grand scheme of things i'm sure uh the family and you would appreciate it so much more as well in the longer term which is what really brings me to you know we have these processes in terms of setting goals uh but is that really necessary firstly? And when you do it, uh, what really is the right way to go about it? Like, you know, I set a goal uh, with the intent, the full intent that I hope to kind of achieve it for the next 12 months. Uh, But sometimes some of them are not compelling enough. Like right now for me, being an open water diver is, I don't know if I'd call it a goal as much as a wish. Uh, And I know it'll happen. uh, And that's why maybe when I do it, I'll not be so happy again. So if I had to go about being happy about it, how do I really kind of, you know, de- deconstruct that uh, thought process?
0: No, I think it it does need a bit of deconstructing. And uh, I was listening to Huberman Lab and it can be quite heavy, but I, I, I'm liking his style and the whole uh, kind of neuroscience behind a lot of things that we do. Because um, most of us, what we are pros at is the behavioral science right like we we know the tools the frameworks we know the do's and don'ts but when you combine it with neuroscience like he does it's quite enlightening and actually in in his talk on goal setting it took a very different path Um, he was talking about how one there's fundamentally the goal setting phase and then there's goal the pursuit of the goal let's call it like you know uh, how do you assess it how do you execute which we feel like we know a lot about but Anyway, it turns out that don't, we'll come to that. <laughs> but one very interesting aspect of the whole neural uh, bit was that most goals we actually set to avoid the thing we fear.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I would have thought it's the other way around, right? Like, do we not set goals with the intent of achieving a certain number of pleasure from having accomplished them? Like in my mind, that makes more logical sense than the fear component.
0: Yeah, it does, right? But apparently the science, um, and, and this is true research at, at a lot of the top universities, whether looking at I think brain patterns, your blood pressure, various you know, body parameters, to say that where we really want to kind of get things done is when we want to avoid something we fear. So I fear that I will you know, get diabetes like my mother. So I'm thinking about fitness, right? I Mm -hmm. fear that I won't get that promotion because I'm not communicating well enough or I'm not assertive enough at work. And so I -hmm. I've build some, you know, uh, goals around that. I fear that I'll be left behind or I'll be embarrassed in a meeting because I don't know enough about something, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently there's, it sounds like a very negative approach, but I think all that he's saying is that The underlying driver, more often than not, tends to be that. So while you think I'm doing this because I want a promotion, in Hmm. a way I'm doing this because I don't want to be left behind in that batch.
1: That sounds like a very interesting thing because now we have to find a fear about not being published authors. And I don't know (laughs) if we have a fear about that as such. So we better get really, really scared about not getting invited to the Lit Fest next year. (laughs)
0: that's an indication of um, you know how ready we are for it and how much it really means to us right Um, there's definitely a fear that uh, if I want to if I look at it that way there could be a why could be there is a fear that what if I don't have a a large enough and thriving enough coaching business end of next year Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what would that mean to my use of my time my you know, love for the space, um, monetarily, etc. Um, that's enough of a driver to set four or five goals for the coming year, right?
1: Makes sense, yeah. But
0: the book is still, it. the driver is still not strong enough. And yeah, so I have to think yeah. about what it means if if that book is so important to, let's say, my credibility in this space or mm-hmm. it's so important to just, my need to put all of my thoughts in one place,
1: yeah, and
0: yeah. in x number of people, um, uh, hmm. then then maybe it's a it's a better driver. It could
1: become a reality. Yeah, yeah. but also uh, in the context of what you just said, uh, is it necessary for goals then to be, uh, on the action side of things? Then what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I I feel like some of us really need to set goals around doing less in life. Uh, yeah, calling myself out is guilty there, <laughs> but how would I articulate something like that? So this is where we are and we've had a very successful run as an agency. Uh, but the fact also is that it's taken its toll on in terms of my emotional health, right? And uh, that's why we are, we are like so keen and eager to kind of, you know, wrap up operations and look forward to the next year. But I think the niggling fear is that next year is also going to look like this year, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if we had to work with something like that in terms of pairing back, cutting down, and I think this applies professionally, personally, and in all the other areas that you've spoken about as well, uh, what could goals around not doing something look like?
0: Yeah, I know that's interesting. I think, you know, there's, for you, there was, let's say that long arching goal of um, kind of, you know, Hasita 2.0 in the form of Motley crew, And I set up an agency, I set up a business. uh, And then that ideally should have been certain milestones which is like uh, you know x clients by q1 x clients by q2 etc and then you know you periodically assess where you are and say hey by by six months into this business i was to be at let's say 20 clients but i'm at 35 so i Mm -hmm. can now say hey the, the little bit of the time that I'm taking off to go diving or you know to just swim more even on a daily basis uh, it's part of my reward schedule it's allowed
1: interesting you know the funny thing is I had not thought about rewards at all uh, because the achievement of the goal I think is usually touted as the reward in and of itself right so yeah uh, i had not actually thought of the fact that there is a reward step in there somewhere you know and how how do you celebrate i mean is it like a one time thing do you go out have a lunch or is it is there a way to really incorporate rewarding yourself into your daily schedule as well
0: once you have a team the gestures matter too right so the lunches mm. and mm. you know ordering in some ice cream and all of that is uh, as you hit small and big milestones i think that's that's always important um, mm. You know, after our Spotify wrapped we all went out for celebrated, yeah yeah like that's, <laughs> you, you need to do those little little things um but I think what's also important is that you then say okay I can recalibrate some of the stuff I'm doing if mm-hmm. I were to hit, if I was to hit 20 clients I made that that, that was part of a plan right mm-hmm. uh, and now I've hit 35. now I should be able to then say okay I can go a little bit slower this month on the cold calling or the the bd efforts and spend a little mm-hmm. more time um maybe researching something or you know uh, working on some open ai chat stuff and whatever that that will contribute still maybe to the work that i do or uh, my yeah. own wellness and health etc but allow yourself to say hey i I've, I've hit certain milestones that was the whole hmm. point. I mean, hmm. what's the whole point of these smart goals, etc. That we could yeah. measure. So yeah. if you
1: measure and you've hit it, then, then do something about it. <laughs> about it, Yeah, so true. I mean, somebody needs to tell us this. Like, Can we add something next to smart to tell us to remember to celebrate? But speaking of smart goals and ABC goals, and I know that these are time-tested frameworks.
0: I'm going to stop you there because, uh, you know, something that I heard Huberman say, which I didn't know, and he was actually saying how there are so many acronyms that SMART also, it's been kind of to meet, to, to meet the times. It's now SMART-er. So they've added an E and an R. Oh, interesting. The, the E is whether it's ethical, uh-huh. the goal that you're setting. Fair and enough. the R is whether it's rewarding, right? So oh, interesting. The rewarding could be like, you know, rewarding for the world and... Yeah, good thing to do. And no, that, that in and of itself. itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that in and of itself could be a goal, right? Like all of us are d- driven by different things, and if changing the world is a reward, then I mean, by all means. But just coming back to, I think the frameworks, right? Uh, specific, measurable, actionable. Uh, I forgot what that is. <laughs> Time bound. Okay. <laughs> Uh, do you still see value in some of these given that the conversation around goals has now moved into a space of uh, neurobiology if I could put it that way and maybe what you're saying is that even the earliest man uh, in that sense probably had some goals and I can see why they would be fear driven in the sense that I've invented tools so that I don't have to be afraid of being hungry right Uh, so in that context do you still see the relevance of some of these frameworks or is it just a lifestyle choice, the setting and the achieving and the rewarding ourselves for goals? Is that a more organic process?
0: So I think the SMART and all of these frameworks are just one kind of one part of the the larger scheme of things. Right. Um, when we talk about the whole goal setting and pursuing of these goals, firstly, like, you know, what are they? We talked about the mm-hmm. areas of our life that they could touch upon. Uh, how challenging are they? Right here yeah. again, you know, it shouldn't be something that you're repeatedly failing at. Right, it's something mm-hmm. that has a moderate, reasonable chance of success. Right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and the number apparently is eighty five percent. Like eighty five percent of the time, you should be able to do what you're intending to do.
1: Right? Interesting. Fifteen
0: percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Failure is good. If you're failing 50% of the time, then you want to rethink whether that's really too much of a stretch uh, in what you can can achieve. Then comes the planning piece. Okay, I've got these bunch of things that seem like what I want to want to achieve. Then comes the planning and then the detailing. You know, is it smart? Is it smarter? Is it achievable, believable? Am I committed to it? The ABC of it, etc. The next part which I really found interesting was that you would think that a lot of this is about you know that visualizing success and and being Mm
1: -hmm. true in fact that is so true right I mean vision boards exist for that very purpose and I think much and more has been said about just the idea of visualizing and letting it go and you know manifesting your success and uh, somewhere I have also felt that in not articulating it perhaps I've achieved more uh, success than I had because I think the fear there is if I set a goal and fail at it then I'm a failure maybe that could be uh, you know an internal driver as well so in that context but what you're telling me now is that it's not so much that right it's more about also taking charge of it and ownership correct and it
0: seems that you know folks have more than a fifty percent higher success rate when you foreshadow failure, right? Mm. So the visualizing success is great in the beginning, right? So it's mm. great when you imagine yourself, you know, on that stage, maybe getting that Oscar or that Nobel Prize or whatever it your equivalent is, right? So mm-hmm. the, in in that early stage, it's very useful, but right. once it becomes something that you want, and you want to see happen. Then, foreshadowing failure and saying, "Okay, you know what would happen if this didn't happen? What all could go wrong? And hence, what all do I need to do about it?"
1: That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Apparently, gives a much higher chance of uh, goal achievement. Mm-hmm. I want to think about that and use that in 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 the way I look at some of the goals this year. Because, for example visualizing success has always been how I thought I could get more intentional and make more head yeah. fitness goal right so I'm, I'm visualizing myself running some marathon where honestly I'm not getting past the start line right I keep visualizing that and nothing much is happening but the way, when I read this and I when I heard him talk about uh, foreshadowing failure and I thought hey I have my you know college girls gang reunion like six seven months from now and yeah not looking the way I want to for those photos and not wanting to be in those photos because I don't feel healthy or fit enough um, that's a very strong driver mm-hmm, that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that kind that kind of um, thinking about what could go wrong
1: yeah yeah and, yeah and be
0: a lot more of that when I when
1: I visualize it this way. That's quite interesting. I think that's the one thing I've always run away from in any case in terms of visualizing the worst case scenario. Uh, but yeah, I do see the value in it in the sense that uh, on, on the toughest of days, what keeps you going, right? And that's survival, I think, because we are all essentially, uh, you know, biologically still in the Stone Age. It's just that we are living in a different world uh, enabled by different machines right now. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think. Uh, So I'll set aside my SMART framework for a while. I'm sure we'll get to that. But maybe it's really time for me to think about what are the two, three things that I really, really want and what happens if I don't have them.
0: No, and and I'm glad you said two, three because I think um, trying too many things also is is a bit of a recipe for disaster and disappointment. Two to three seems like a good number to do it with the intentionality and intensity that you would want to right Uh, finally what is the value that you're getting from the goal and hence what are you going to do what are you going to not do is important and just to wrap it up I we talked a lot about failure what could go wrong uh, what are the things we fear so it's not really about thinking about doomsday but yeah uh, it's just another perspective because every time we're there's a lot out there about uh, being positive and you know visualizing success and manifesting it I mean not to take away from any of that and this is also not to say like you know just keep imagining death assume the worst
1: yeah Yeah. maybe it's about finding (laughs) that balance you're right because the same Instagram scrolling doom scrolling uh, can feel like doom scrolling on some days and then on the other days you you feel positive. You feel like, okay, I can also have this. I can also so yeah, I've had, you know, it's all a state of mind really. And maybe goal setting is no different as well.
0: Yeah. So maybe this year we just try it a little differently. Uh, and yeah. looking at fears and looking at failures as much as we look at uh, what success looks like, and more importantly, how do we reward ourselves for that success?
1: So importantly, let's start with the rewarding ourselves, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Catch you next Thank time. You. Bye. Hey, Small Talkers. Thank you for listening till the very end. We love bringing these episodes to you and we hope you enjoy them too. Please do drop in your comments, likes, shares, reviews, whatever you can do on the platform that you're on to help us reach a larger and larger audience. And that would really make our day. You can find out more about today's guest or today's episode in the show notes. All the details and how you can find us on social media is right there. Thank you and see you next time. Bye.